Uh, joining us now, speaking of re- refreshing our thing, is Mike Shallon, a new grandfather again uh, up there in Boston. How are you, Mr. Shallon? Well, I had to pop my teeth in to come on the air, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> well, after Stan's dental surgery, you, even if you didn't, yeah. you can't sound any worse than Stan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's too soon, huh? <laughs> hey, first of all, this isn't your first grandson or grandchild, right? No, in fact, the funny thing is that it's 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 our second, and the first one, just as you just as Brittany called, the first one walked in the door. So I had to so I had to shift people because I uh, you know because I got a big radio thing to do. Big so, radio gig, yeah. Yeah, it would probably yeah, he's increase. Three. The, he's three. He's an old man already. He's so. three. Wow. But I t- I got to tell you, the pictures you post on Facebook, nobody enjoys grandfatherhood more than Mike Shallon. Hey, Mike, let me ask you something real quick, because uh, Stan okay. obviously didn't communicate with me as to what the real purpose for having you on today was and what the topics were. I want to get your... not grandfathering. wasn't grandfathering. But I, I want, number one, did you see any of the highlights from the game last night involving the Nationals and the Braves? The only thing I saw was uh, Soto's home run. Okay. Laz Diaz last night... Was he a home plate umpire? He was the home plate umpire. And he calls Harper out on a third strike on a curveball that's got to be a half a foot off the plate. Mm-hmm. And there are times in this game, pardon me, <clears throat> where Diaz approaches the mound and he's yelling at the pitcher. And also, I think he's yelling at Harper in center field. So, totally the aggressor here, where, where I mean, everybody knows Laz is. Pretty god awful as he's a plate terrible. umpire. He's terrible. So he's bad both ways last night, but in this particular instance, the Harper call is more egregious than most. And he, I, I just wondered if you had seen that and what your reaction would would have been to that, where an umpire comes out from behind the plate and he's starting to yell at a guy in center field. Well, there's, I also read, read yesterday that. Um, Italian is under investigation for standing at home plate when Todd Frazier hit a walk-off the other day and was actually in the middle of the Mets players uh-huh. when when uh, Frazier jumped on home plate. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I don't know sometimes where these guys... You know, I remember I remember the, the great Richie Garcia, who, who I, you know, I, I loved as a person, but he had this, this short fuse, very short fuse. And I remember when Gene Michael was covering the Yankees when Gene Michael was the manager, and and uh, Gene Stick got thrown out of the game, and and, and afterward we we asked him what he said, and he said, "Well, I just told him to stop chasing after my players." In other words, a good umpire will turn his back, yep. let the player have his say, and it's over. These guys, these guys with the short fuses, and you know, you got to count, you know, Joe West and and. Uh, Angel Hernandez. I mean, the, the the list is 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 long. You know, you're not supposed to know that that they're there. Okay, right. um, they screw up. They're human beings. I have no problem with that. Uh, the Astros lost the game Sunday night because of a ridiculous call on Altuve at home plate, which I don't know how that wasn't overturned on replay. Uh, Josh Reddick came out with a picture, clearly clearly showing the. The hand on the plate and the glove not on the player, and then you have you have the TV people on on ESPN saying, "Well, maybe 
maybe he tagged, maybe it was the laces of the glove that tagged. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. if, you, if you know the game at all, you know that two years ago they outlawed that. The right. laces do not count as a fur tag anymore. Uh, because otherwise, you, a guy could have a six foot lace, you right. know, and just throw the lace in. <laughs> so, so I mean, it, it's 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 not as difficult a game to officiate as basketball, hockey, or football. It's not even close, and, right? And and yet these guys, you know, I could I can forgive a, a Jim Joyce for the mistake he made at first base. I mean, that, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, on the perfect um, game, um, yeah. Denken, Denkinger in the '85 World Series. Those are those are human errors. I can I can I can live with that. But then you put a system in, which essentially takes it out of their hands. Okay, to a degree, and there's no common sense in the replay thing. Well, the 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 evidence was not conclusive. Yes, but common sense tells you that Altuve's safe. Okay, right. so you you overturn it, and the Astros have the lead in that game last Sunday night. But the, this this militant nature of some of these guys, you know, Joe West coming up with that stupid thing with the picture with the with the, uh, the, with the cheat bo- sheet, yeah, the, the cheat pocket. sheet, yeah, terrible. You know, he said he said I it was I wasn't going to throw him out, but I just knew there was something wrong with that. Well, you didn't know there was something wrong with right. that, and and you were wrong again, right? Mm-hmm. And and these and and in my opinion, uh, there wasn't there a time a couple of years ago where. Uh, Daniel Murphy was thrown out of a game for asking the second base umpire to move, and the, and the, and I think it must have been Joe West who went, went right after him and wound up throwing him out of the game. Right. It, it's it's not that difficult a sport to officiate. Well, part of it is and, because Joe West can't move. <laughs> right. Exactly. And and he's not he's not alone there. Although I, yeah. I noticed lately that there are a lot more in shape umpires than than there ever have been right, before. Yeah. There's still there's still some fatties, but there there's there's these guys are young and they're and they're athletic. Well and but, the, the reason I ask you that was just because you know, I know Stan has other things to get to. But the reason I ask you that, they, they they talked to Harper after the game in the clubhouse and Harper was very diplomatic and said, well, as long as I know the strike zone is going to be that way, I've just got to concentrate more on mm-hmm. being ready for pitches of but that it, nature. But it's not. I, not that I understand that. He means under Laz uh, Diaz. Under Laz Diaz. He says, if oh, I under. Okay. But the other part of it is, he, he was asked what was said, and he said, I don't think I should need to go into that. He says, if anybody wants to know, go, go ask, ask Tyler Flowers, who was the catcher right. for the Braves. He says, he knows exactly what was said. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're well, talking. You know, anybody, want, anybody wants to know what was said, just go find that. Uh, Bill Haller and Earl Weaver. Uh, ah, right. One of the funniest. <laughs> you're a liar, you're a liar Earl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into the Hall of Fame. For what, Earl? Screwing up world. Yeah. I've won more than I've lost. Games, right. stupid games. games. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking. The only reason, the only reason you came here to believe us. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was a great story. And you remember the story that the catcher, uh, Bill Haller's brother, was Tom Haller, who was the catcher right. that night for the Tigers. Well, the great, great part of that too. Great part of that too is Mike Flanagan. Right. The late Mike Flanagan always told me. He says we would pull that video whenever we were going bad. We'd pull that video out and take a look at it just to, you know, to to, to lighten the mood. Get a little. Yeah. He says, but what nobody knows about that video is the fact that Earl come running by me and he goes, "Did you, Did you, balk? you balk?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Ah, the hell with it." <laughs> he still went out. He said, "Screw it." 
We're talking with Mike Shallon of the uh, New Hampshire Union Leader. He writes columns in the New Hampshire Union Leader. He's also uh, been the pen behind the book, The Hometown Team. Uh, Steve Babineau is the photographer. Did I get that right this time? You got it. All right. Uh, how, that book is selling like hotcakes up there in and around well, Boston. You know, I'm constantly answering uh, questions about the New York Times bestseller list. Right. And uh, I said, listen, last week, as far as I know, we were numbered 18,623. <laughs> so, which is a number I just made up. But right. In these, in, these, in these political times, you can do that. Um, I've been told, now I, I'm not saying this. Yep. I've been told that it is the best baseball book of all time. And, and um, that's, a, that's a conservative estimate by the people who, who, who know these things. So, well, it's, it, it speaks to the power. That, I don't know about. I don't know about hotcakes, but it's um, it, it's doing okay, I guess, and, it, and it's uh, something we're proud of. It speaks to the the power of Red Sox Nation. It really does. Yeah. You know how popular well, they are. You know, it's nice. It's nice of the team to to uh, cooperate with a one hundred and one and forty seven record. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's always good when you're trying to sell a book on a team about mm-hmm. a team yep. that the team does well. Yeah. And um, you know, it's. Uh, they actually lost the game last night. With uh, lost a laugher, which is almost unheard of for them. But um, they are on an incredible roll. Tell me, tell me, you and I, you've you've helped me a great deal at times when people throw me interesting statistical questions. I throw them to you because you have a connection with. Um, is it Elias or or? Well, it's or, it's stats, but also stats, Elias, stats, yeah. things. But remember about two months ago, I asked you the question, and you got me right back to me with the all-time differential between first place and last place in the history of the game. And I believe that the all-time record was 66 or 66 and a half games by the Boston Bean Eaters in the National League in 1909. The Orioles right now, I think, are 59 or 60 games behind the Red Sox. They're threatening that all-time mark. Well, you know, I I, um, I, I saw the end of the game the other night where they, they I think they avoided their twenty what would have been their twenty-second sweep of the season. Right. And um, you know, it's it's difficult to watch. It's painful to watch. I you know, watching Tony call the games and trying to act excited when something good happens, right. but it's uh, you know, and then and then people you know people throw that. Uh, Worst Orioles team ever at me, and I keep thinking about the own twenty-one. Yep, from uh, thirty it was it thirty years ago now, right? Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, you know it's it's historically bad, you know, and <clears throat> the Yankees. Uh, I'm sorry, the Red Sox are twenty-nine and six against the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Wow. And you know, there's your there's your difference because they they have beaten up on the bad teams and the Yankees have not. You know, until that Yankee sweep recently, they were dead even with the Orioles and they were behind the Tampa versus Tampa Bay. With Tampa Bay is not one of those teams anymore. But part of Tampa Bay's success, I believe, is is the Orioles. You know, uh, there's a very there's a very low bar to look good now because there's the Orioles and the White Sox and the Royals. Mm-hmm. You can kind of throw Toronto into that mix, I guess, uh, although I don't consider them quite, quite as bad. I, I, I think they're still more representative than the yeah. other teams. But there's too many bad teams, and, and uh, that will allow for, 
four teams threatening the the uh, the all time wins record. Now the Red Sox will break the franchise record, but they will not break the major league record. We're talking Mike Shallon, New Hampshire Union leader. Mike, uh, as we get close to the playoffs, how do you think? And the last time we had you on, you made an incredible point that I think none of the Red Sox starting pitchers have ever won a postseason game as a starter. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe I believe the current group is only about zero and eleven, but uh, David Price has two wins, both out of the bullpen. He's a yeah, you know, he also he also pitched some decent games in yep. those in those uh, non-winning situations. But um, yeah, you got to prove it. Yeah, you know? I mean, so- Chris Sale, Chris Sale is, I believe, nine games under five hundred in August and September in his career. Uh, they 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 tried to they tried to uh, mitigate that obviously with with holding him out when he probably could have pitched during the shoulder thing, but the fact of the matter is that he has pitched one inning since, you know, August whatever. Uh had to go on the DL twice after 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 pitching and uh lost lost himself a Cy Young Award. No question about that. He was gonna win it. Yep. And then um, you know, he has to go out and prove it. You know, you've got unproven things. You've got price. You've got Porcello who's uh in the last seven starts had a five point eight four ERA. Uh, and we know from past experience that there's a very good Porcello and a very bad Porcello. Yep. And the very good Porcello tends to to take advantage of tremendous offensive support, and often in the postseason you don't get tremendous offensive support. So there are questions that have to be answered. You know, there's no there's no doubt about that. And, and when you got teams like like Cleveland, like Houston. Like Oakland and the Yankees, those are not those are not pushover teams, and and there'll be there'll be no walkover. Now, if the Yankees win the wild card game, they're right back here to start the to start the, the series, the ALDS. And you know, Judge took his first step last night, came in and played defense for mm-hmm. a couple innings. And if they get him back and the Sanchez starts to hit, I mean, you know, right now the Yankees have a positive situation for the wild card game. They don't know whether to go with Hap or or. Um, Tanaka, yeah, and and if Severino continues on the path that he may have started last game, then you got three guys capable of pitching that first game. So, but then again, how hard the Yankees are here the last weekend of the season? How hard are they going to have to fight to get the home field? Because they don't want to play in Boston on Sunday, play in Oakland in the playoff game, and then have to fly back to Boston if they win to open the ALDS. So. There's going to be a lot of things going on here in the last couple of weeks in both leagues that are going to be very interesting in terms of uh, in terms of postseason. No question. And you think about Houston and their lead right now, two and a half over Oakland, three in the loss column. But that wild card to me is something that, and now it's inevitable. But I mean, you, you know, you look back to the middle of the season. That was one of the things that the Yankees, I don't think, wanted any part of was that wild card game. No, no, one game, one game. You know, last last year they go out. And Severino gets bombed in the first game, yep. and they they came back and won that game because they always beat the Twins historically. Right. So, right. Um, but no, you don't want to play one game for your season. I mean, that's just uh, it, it's created a tremendous amount of excitement. You know, I remember I remember the uh, Pirates going a couple times. Didn't they have like ninety six and ninety seven wins when they went, and then boom, mm-hmm. one game and they're done. Um, you know, that's that's uh, that's the new system. It's created this whole. 
you know, same, we can say what we want about baseball not keeping up with the times and losing fan interest and all this stuff, but they have they have created a system that lends itself to these very positive races, you know. And uh, yep. uh, while while obviously the Cleveland Indians aren't involved in any kind of a race, look at look at everywhere else in baseball. It's pretty. It's it's kind of it's going to make the last two weeks fun. What do you think of the? Uh, and we've only got about two minutes left because uh, two or three minutes left. What do you think of the Josh Donaldson trade and and all the angst by the other teams that didn't step in there and and try to acquire him? Well, from from everything that I can tell, Antonetti outsmarted everybody else. And if you if if you're going to outsmart other people, the people that you're outsmarting are not going to be happy about it. right. And I can't see anything that they did wrong as long as it's within the rules because the commissioner could have stepped in and done something. Uh, it was kind of tricky where they got him and then they put him on the DL because putting him on the DL allowed him to rehab. And, uh, you know, I thought you had to serve time on the DL before you rehab. Mm-hmm. And had he served time on the DL before he rehab, then there would have been no more place to rehab. So, right. um, although I think the Indians may still be playing in the minors, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure that he checked all the boxes, and um, not only that. Well, you know, they put they put the claim on him because because of their because of their record, and that 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 kept mm-hmm. him obviously from the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, but, and know, and do you think there's do you think there's a wink wink? Do you think there's some suspicions though that because the general manager and Mark Shapiro came from the Indians? that they might have treated them differently than they would have treated the Yankees or the Red Sox? Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, if the Indians didn't put in a claim and one of the other teams did, they would have had to deal with them. They, yeah. they, wanted, to, they wanted to move him and, and get, get something for him before before he walked away. And there was also no guarantee he was going to play. You know, he'd been out for months. And, uh, see, the, baseball used to be a wink-wink world. Remember that, the old days? Where yep. Guys would get through waivers all the time, and, and it would be routine. And all of a sudden, people started blocking players, which is well within the rules. Yep. no question about it. And you look at what happened in the National League with Murphy. How, you're telling me that there wasn't another contender in the National League before the Cubs got Daniel Murphy that could have used Daniel Murphy? Right. Yeah. It's not just to keep him away from the Cubs. Right. It's amazing to me sometimes it comes down to who's willing to pay at that time, you know, the last <laughs> million and a half on the contract. And the yeah. Cubs were willing to do it, and some other teams weren't. Hey, I got we've got time for one more question. How yeah. important is Stephen Wright going to be to the Boston Red Sox's chances for a World Series? I think that if he uses Stephen Wright the right way, pardon the pun, uh, in the bullpen, I think he can be he can be invaluable. Yeah. Now that said, you're still dealing with the only knuckleball pitcher in baseball who's still active, I believe, yeah, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and you know, that one dancing knuckleball gets away at the wrong time. You know, the Red Sox have two excellent defensive catchers. Swihart's done a good job, so they've got to make a decision on who's going to be on who's going to be in the postseason roster. But that knuckleball dances out of the catcher's glove and can change a game. Um, and and that, that's the one danger. In, in in having a guy like that, the uh, the the plus side is that he, you can pitch him a lot. But even even that's not as big a factor in the playoffs with the off days. But uh, because every every relief pitcher should be rested uh, for postseason because of the, the days off. But uh, I think he could be a real key. I thought until the last couple of weeks that Thornburg could have been a key, but apparently 
he's out of the picture. And yeah. any one percent chance he had, he gave up last night with with giving up two home runs for the Mets. So, mm. yeah, I think Wright could be a key. Also, also Matt Barnes's hip. If that's if that continues to be a problem, he threw up the mound yesterday for the first time, and he's going to do. He's going to throw again tomorrow. Uh, this team is not is not set when it comes to when, how it's going to handle its bullpen. So, um, you know, again, nothing's automatic. I don't care how many games you win in the regular season. Nothing is automatic. Hey, Mike, give me a name real quick. Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer, or Jacob DeGrom is your NL Cy Young Award. Jacob really? DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom. Couldn't, other, couldn't, guys, couldn't disagree guys, with you more. Well, the other guys' ERAs have both jumped, and uh, Scherzer got bombed last night, and he's almost a run higher than DeGrom, and Nola has been terrible lately in the Phillies because the Phillies – Collapse is, is it's not 1964-ish, but it's a collapse. Can't. And 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 uh, I I don't I mean, I'm watching poor Degrom pitch, and I'm a lifelong Mets fan. I have to admit that I qualify it. Right. But man, oh man! And he they showed him in the dugout the other night when they were beating the Marlins 13 to nothing, and they said, "Oh, Jacob Degrom, he's, he's thinking it's only you know." I mean, he's broken the record for consecutive quality starts. Half the starts of his, you know, more than half the starts of his career, he's given up one run or less. I mean, I, I just, you know, what did um, Felix win? Felix won what, twelve games a year? No, thirteen. He was, he was thirteen and twelve. And 12. Yeah. I can't give it, it to 13. somebody. I can't give it to somebody with with eight wins. I'm sorry, I just cannot do it. Well, maybe he'll end up with ten. Yeah, maybe he'll end up with ten. I mean, would you be swayed if you if you won his last three starts and won eleven games? Would that matter? It might, yeah, because I'm one of those people that really You're think wins do matter. Yeah. And not these Saber Matrix Yahoos. 1.71. I get all that. I get all that. But, Mike, down through history, you can always find that one or two guys during the course of any season who pitches his butt off, doesn't have the win record, and can throw you a low ERA into the mix. It's just not all about that to me. Yeah, but the, 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 the guys you're talking about are, are pre-analytics. Oh, and, well, that's and fine. Scherzer, Scherzer went out last night, and I think I think his ERA is up to two point five eight or something. That's almost a whole run difference. Yeah. And, and playing playing with a much with a much better lineup. But I could I could uh, also tell you that he's been shut out four times this year, and there's been four starts where he's gotten one run one run as run support and two runs of run support. And what would what were the scores of the the shutout? Uh three nothing. He's been beaten mm-hmm. one nothing twice, mm-hmm. so I mean, you, you know. But you can't. But you can't argue. Wait a minute. But you can't argue in his favor, saying he didn't get run support, and then say, "Well, Degrom only won eight games. If he got run support, he'd probably have fifteen but, wins." But that's the, that's the argument, though. But this is but this is every game for Degrom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't tell you. You know, I, I, I watch their games, and and if. If he hasn't given up a run, it's nothing, nothing. What, what was the year? Time. What was the year that Joe McGrange uh, wound up uh, finishing? I think third in the Cy Young ballot. He had a very similar type year. Pre-analytics, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, you hey, know, since right? since we blew past the break, we're going to keep you a couple <laughs> more minutes if you're okay. I wanted to ask you a couple Met questions. Um, so you you know Jay Horowitz pretty well, then, if you're a Mets mm-hmm. fan and you. How many years has he been their PR director? Has it got to oh, be forty? 
I don't know. I, I I gave Jay a big hug last night and a kiss on the on the kepi, if you will. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I figured uh, that. I figured that. You know, I, I this, um, this is a family show. <laughs> yes. No, kepi's good. Kepi's good. Kepi's that's good. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. That's, that's the fly. But the, um, uh, you know, I don't think that this is Jay's decision. I think I, I don't yeah. think he's thrilled with it. It's it's like they're putting him out the pasture. I mean, it's a nice position, and he says. You know, he says, I'm 73 years old and yeah. time, but Jay, you know, Jay is the Mets. And, and no question and, about uh, it. You know, I, I hope, I wish him very well, and I, I hope that tomorrow's his last road game, and I, I'm definitely going to have a picture taken with him so I can throw it out on Facebook. And he's one of the greats of our game. Yeah, no, you know, question, no about question about it. it. One of the other greats to the game, and I, I frankly hadn't looked at his numbers for a while. Uh, the press conference was held the other day where Stephen Wright sat there with David, jo- Wright. David Wright. Excuse me, yeah. I was <laughs> I knew I'd screw up the Wrights, the Wright brothers. But David sure. Wright announced that he's going to play one last game. Uh, the Mets basically have now sold out that game. I think in the hour, hour and a half after that press conference, they sold ten thousand tickets. I didn't realize Craig Heist went over the numbers. He's got five seasons of over 100 RBIs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without the injuries, he, he was on a Hall of Fame. He was on a, no, no a Beltre kind, of, yeah. kind of path. There's so, no question about it. So compare it. him compare him to Don Mattingly, you know, in terms of injuries. No, and... Well, I, I, won't, I won't compare it again. I have to qualify this by saying that I wrote a book with Don Mattingly. Yeah, I understand Jim, that. Jim, Jim Bowden once jumped all over me on uh, XM Radio. But uh, <laughs> um, the uh, Mattingly was arguably the best player in the game mm-hmm. uh, for a four- or five-year period. No, David was never at that level. Okay. But David was an outstanding player. Um, but the fact that in, both were on Hall of Fame paths until the injuries. Well, you know, you want to if you want to get you know, to, you want to keep it in New York, you, you got to add Strawberry and Gooden to that. I yeah, mean, they were definitely on Hall of Fame. Self um, self inflicted though, you know. Well, they were self inflicted, no yeah. question about it. David is is you know he's class personified. Yeah, no question about it. They announced last night too that he's gonna he may pinch hit even before that date. But uh, Callaway said, "I got to tell him. I got to tell him several innings in advance so he can get ready." That's how. And I have. Yeah. I have spinal stenosis in my neck, and I and I and arthritis in my neck, and I know how tough it is just for me to type, you yep. know, and 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 work when I do in, the, in the, my small contribution to this earth. But uh, I can't even imagine, you know, as somebody who, co- who covered Bill Buckner and watched him sit in the clubhouse with his feet in two buckets of ice mm-hmm. every day before the game. These guys do a lot to yep. sacrifice themselves to play the game. And granted, they make a lot of money. There's no plan. The Mets made a bad deal with it. Right? It was probably bad the minute they signed him because they weren't going to win with him. Right. And they probably could have gone in different directions. But he, you know. He, he, was, the, he was the Mets at that point. He's yeah. the modern Met. No yep. question. All right. He is Mike Shallon. He is Mike Shallon. Yes, he is. And his book, uh, The Hometown Team, is available on Amazon. If you know anybody in your extended family or your family that's a Red Sox fan, this is a great holiday gift. Mike, we'll have you on hopefully during the playoffs, all right? Any, anytime, guys. All right. Great pleasure to talk to you as always. See ya.